0: Penguins are in a bit of a funk. They've lost three in a row for the first time in two months. We're going to have a full game recap for the game on Sunday against the Kings coming up on today's episode of the Locked on Penguins Podcast. Plus, we're going to look ahead to tomorrow's matchup against the Washington Capitals, the Penguins' last game before the All Star Break, where they have they will have a full week off. That will be coming up right after this drop. <laughs> Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Monday edition of the Lockdown Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter, at LO, underscore penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Penguins Podcast and making this your first listen of the day. So the Penguins, now, since we last talked, they, they, they lost two in a row. Now they've lost three in a row. This is their first three-game losing streak in the last two months. This one, you start things off. I don't think the Penguins played particularly bad. They had two pretty good periods, but it was the second period that, you know, the game really got away from them. Um, I think to start everything off, obviously Trevor Moore, Trey picked for two goals. That is one thing. I don't care who it is on any team. I don't care if it's the person's on the Penguins. I hate Trey picking in hockey. I think it's a cheap way to score goals. He was at the blue line twice Um, for two of his goals Uh, the first one uh, comes in nice backhand shot I will say Tristan Jari probably should have played that better Um, he came in um, Jari was just too deep in his net I think that's you know that's one thing that I've talked about repeatedly on this podcast right when he's too deep in his net you know he's playing scared and he looked scared on that one and Moore was able to rifle one heck of a backhand top cheese if he's out a little bit more he probably, Jari, that is, probably makes that save. And then the Penguins are not, um, it's not a two-to-one game after that. But the Penguins didn't uh, guard the stretch pass well enough. And then in the third period, when they come back and tie the game, there's less than seven minutes left. It looks like you're going to get a point. It, guess who's cherry-picking at the blue line, a.k.a. Danny Briere, part two, except uh, Trevor Moore at least was side for this one. He was not offsides. And he's just sitting there, goes chop, top cheese again on Tristan Jari. I would have liked him to make a save there, but... I'm not really going to kill him at the end of the day, just because he's been one of the best goal in hockey this year. Um, it, you know, it's just it, it's a cheap way to score goals in the NHL. That said, also Penguins got to play those better. Um, you know, if you don't want a player like that to cherry pick for two goals, but and he only had four goals coming to this game, play those stretch passes better. You know, Sid I think was the culprit for that one because he made an ill advised pinch when you have just come back to tie a game. And you're playing well in the third period. You're dominating play. You're, you're territorially. It's it's all in your favor. You can't give up a breakaway with six minutes left in the game. You're you're asking for failure and you're playing with fire. And that's exactly you know what happened. They failed. Tristan Dari couldn't make the save. He's bailed out there. He's bailed out this team's butts um, almost every game at some point this season. But for this one, he wasn't able to do it. And you know what? Sometimes that happens. And at the end of the day, what are you gonna do? You know, they've lost three in a row. It's not the end of the world. They're still in third place in the Metro. They're four points up on Washington, one point behind the Rangers. I believe they saw the game in hand on them right now. Carolina is back to being three points ahead. It's just you just you, you, you played you, like I guess like I just said. You played with fire multiple times. You lost with it, and the end of the day, you know you, you got to learn from it. And for this game overall, you know the Kings had the edge in uh, shot attempts and scoring chances for the Kings, fifty four percent this us. Uh, Shot attempts, excuse me, 61%, excuse me, 59% of the scoring chances for 8-7 um, lead in high danger, and then 58% of the expected goals as well. So the better team did win this game. And, you know, the Kings gave the Penguins a lot of trouble this year. Um, the first matchup, I, I, I kind of scooted aside, you know, California road trip. But this one, I do not really think there was, you know, too many excuses. I know the Penguins have been pretty fatig- fatigued, excuse me, and they do look gassed. But the Kings also just played the night before against Philadelphia. And remember, the Flyers broke their 13 game losing streak against that team. And you're telling me they're going to come in there and go into your building and go up three to one going into the third. And you're the one that looks flat um, for about 20, the first 20 to 25 minutes. Um, I I don't like that. Um, That's just, I'm not going to say it's, you know, embarrassing or horrendous or anything like that. But it's not a good look when a team that played, you know, not even 20 hours before is going in there and just, you know, making your, just, embarrassing you on your home ring for a little bit of it. So whatever, um, I guess. But, you know, to the good parts, at least another big takeaway that I have, Brian Rust, two more goals. Uh, He is playing lights out hockey right now, averaging well over a point per game. If the Penguins are not going to pay him, someone will, and rightfully so. Um, He is going to probably get five times six, five times maybe six and a half on next, next contract. It's probably going to turn into the next um Zach Hyman kind of deal I, I would say um and you know good, good on him he's having a hell of a year uh, maybe a, one of those goals he got a little bit lucky I know one of them the, the tying one went off one of the Kings players skates and in the net the other one was just a really nice shot top cheese but you know he got them back in the game and gave them a chance until the Kings had that breakaway he was really really good in this matchup, So, you know, I can't say enough about how great he has been this year. Sidney Crosby, he scored the other goal. Um, he's been really finding his game lately, and it's just, you know, he's continuing to play like a top five player in hockey. I love the pass that we saw from Evgeny Malkin on the power play, which speaking of that, that is heated up to, I believe they have a goal now in eight out of their last 10 games. It's, it's, that's basically been their offense. Throughout these last three to four games, the Penguins have not been scoring at all at 5 v 5 Their lines two through four, through four, honestly have gone really quiet. Um, I should say during this three-game losing streak, it's not, um, you know, it's not good to say the least. I'm gonna have my thoughts on that um, coming up later on in the show, and just you know what the team should do potentially to shake up the lines and you know get some of these players that you know perform well earlier in the season, see if they can you know perform better. Um, but. Gino had that ridiculous saucer pass, comes in on the blue line, fires it past, and then Sid, with a hell of a release, past Cal Peterson. I mean, he had no chance on that one. They was able to tie the game for a short amount of time. And, you know, those are the kind of little plays that I think people need to, you know, just cherish them because there's going to be a day pretty soon here, probably that, you know, the Penguins, they're not going to have players that can do that, especially of Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby's caliber. And I I know they make it so easy. I totally get that. But I mean, it's still quite a pass and quite a shot to pull off. I mean, not a lot of players can do that. So um, just a great play. And, you know, Evgeny Malkin continues his strong play as well. I know defensively it's not all the way there sometimes, but, No, I thought he was pretty good overall. Um, The Penguins did survive an injury scare. Thank God Brian Dumoulin did not fracture his ankle again. Remember, he did that a few years ago when he was out for a large majority of the season. He came back for the playoffs, just did not look like the same player. Um, I thought that was history repeating itself for this one. Thankfully, he was able to come back in the second period. There's no injury as of right now, knock on wood. So looks like he's a full go for the game against Washington, I should say. Um, on Tuesday, um, you know, I, I already talked about Tristan Jari a bit earlier. He had an off day. It happens. This was probably one of his worst starts of the season. The first goal I saw some people kind of harping on him a little bit. I disagree with that just because if you, if you saw the goal there, um, he fired, I think yeah, it was I from the far left boards, fires the puck in and it's deflected off of Sid's Stick past Jari. I do think maybe Tristan could have been out of the net a little bit more. I think he was playing a little bit deep in there as well. But at the end of the day, I'm not really going to crap on a goalie who just, you know, he's being hit by friendly fire. I mean, I I don't think that's his fault. I I know what Sid was trying to do. He got a piece of the shot. It just wasn't enough. You know, usually those go, you know, out of play and something like that. Now, the second goal, as I said, that probably he wants back. Was playing way too deep in his net. There, he needs to come out and challenge Rivermore a little bit. The fourth one, I already said as well. It would be nice if he would have come up with that save. But at the end of the day, as I've already said numerous times in this episode, that the first nine minutes, he's bailed his team out so many times this year that you know he, he's earned, he's earned the right to sometimes have a bad start. I mean, that that that's what happens. You're not going to be perfect every single start. You know, even Andre Vasilevsky is going to get lit up for four to five goals every once in a while. That's what happened with Tristan. Tristan in this one, he's fine. Everything will be fine going into the next game. Um, Injury wise, Danton Heinen he is day to day right now with a lower body injury. Uh, We're unsure if he's going to play against Washington, so um, that's still TBD on that. But um, I, I will say I was definitely a bit frustrated just watching the game because you know for two of the periods the Penguins were playing pretty well. It was just you know overall the mistakes they were making were being hit and that they were being put in the back of their net. And sometimes that hasn't been the case this season. They've been mailed out by the goaltender. But, you know, for once as well, they lost the goaltending battle and then they weren't finishing their chances themselves. So that's what really happened in this one. You know, that said, I think the Kings are a pretty solid team. I, I've said it numerous times that they were going to be a playoff team this year. And, you know, Kopitar and Deneau down the middle is a really scary um, one-two punch. Um, you know they were giving Sid and Gino fits um, in both games this year, so um, you know, I, I think they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Um, I definitely think I think they can definitely beat Anaheim. They can beat whoever else in the Pacific except Vegas. I would say I think they can give them a series, but I don't know if they're going to beat them. But you know, and, and the funny thing is, the Penguins didn't even see Jonathan Quick in this one, and it didn't even matter. But still have a lot more to get to when it comes to this game. We're going to get into some you know, more struggles with Evan Rodriguez, talk about what I would do with the lineup and some sort of other few stuff. And then, of course, we're going to preview the game against Washington on Tuesday. But before we do that, it is a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bill Bar in your plan. Bill Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar as well. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? But that's the thing. Both bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Most of them contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, here is an idea for the new year. Go to all of your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with built bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from as well: coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salty caramel, mint brownie, and a lot more. Remember, go to built.com, use promo code locked15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Alright, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. follow the show, Twitter of L O underscore penguins. So there's been a lot of discourse lately about Evan Rodriguez. And you know, just you know, I see all this on social media and message boards and all that. Well, where's Erod gone? You know, this isn't the player that we all saw, you know, about you know, 10 games ago or, or some stuff like that. And while I understand that, you know. He was never going to keep up a point per game production. I mean, he has 32 points in 45 games this year. That's pretty good. I know he has not scored in what the last eight, ten games, though. You know, he's been having some playmaking bit by bit. It just, you know, he he has been shooting it still just as much was the funny thing. The puck is just not going in the back of the net. So you no know, people are wondering, you know what what what, he, what the should do with him and all this other stuff. In my opinion, I think he needs to stay in the top six no matter what. With how Kasperi Kaplan is playing right now, for God's sake, the guy was on the fourth line on Sunday. That goes to show how much Mike Sullivan is upset with him. And I'm gonna get to him you know, in a few minutes. But you know, with how he's playing, put Rodriguez with Malkin and you know, whoever else you want on the on the left wing and see how they mesh, you know, for a longer period of time. Rodriguez. He's been a good shooter this year, you know, every time he gets the puck in the offensive zone, he shoots it to the net. You know, that's the reason why he has 15 goals, which is a career high for him so far this season. But, you know, they just they got to they got to keep feeding him the puck more and they got to p- keep putting him in positions to succeed. The Penguins have not been doing that a lot lately because, you know, sometimes he's been in the bottom six. That hasn't been working for him, and I think a change for what line he's on will really help him i also think he could play a little bit more on the power play if needed i know the top power play um has been really good lately you know even i was a little bit skeptical skeptical excuse me when brian russ came back because i wasn't sure how the top power play was going to be um it's been just out of this world obviously it's been one of the best units in hockey um ever since him and Malkin come back they've just been scoring at will with that unit but you know that's what i want to see with rodriguez i want to see him get more minutes see compete put him in a position to succeed and have him do his thing. I understand that, you know, it's kind of been a tale of two seasons with him. He had that really hot start where it was like, wow, holy crap, he's been one of the best players in the NHL. But now, you know, lately over the last couple of weeks, it's like, okay, you know, was that just a mirage or, you know, just what's going on here? So that's what I think the Penguins need to do with Rodriguez. Um, and if they do, you know, hopefully they'll reap the rewards with that. Now for Kasperi Kappen, again, he had another dreadful game against the Kings. He was on the fourth line to start. Didn't really come up to Evgeny Malkin's wing that much. And, you know, rightfully so. He's just been really bad this year. Um, His shooting percentage has cratered. Every time he gets the puck, um, he treats it like it's a grenade. I've lost count of how many times this player, you know, he has a burst speed going into the offensive zone, right? Stops. Randomly decides to stop. Pulls up. And then either dumps the puck in or tries to force a pass, and then it's going back the other way. I'm like, buddy, you are one of the fastest skaters on the team. Use it to your advantage and burn past that defenseman that you, it looks like you are going past. I just, I, I, I'm shrugging right now because I don't understand, you know, just what's been going on with that. I don't know if there, he doesn't have confidence that that could be it, but I mean, this has just not been the same player. Um, What I would do with him, I mean, I would keep him in the bottom six until he starts producing a little bit more. And I know some people could say to me, well, Hunter, like, you know, they should put him back on a Malkins line because, you know, that, you know, he, he can reignite his old chemistry with him from last year. Yeah, they were trying that, but it wasn't getting anywhere. Now, could he be used for trade bait? I mean, I definitely, I think, could see that. I mean, Ron Hextall really has no loyalty to him. That's the thing he didn't trade uh, for him. That was Jim Rutherford. So, Who knows on that front? I know Capitan is a pretty popular player in the rock locker room, excuse me. So it could sting in that regard. But that said, you know, I definitely could see Ron doing that and bringing in another forward for this team because again, he has no loyalty to him. And you know, I I definitely think he probably sides with Mike Sullivan in that. You know, he's just been a really big colossal disappointment this year. So um, you know, I'm fine with him staying in the bottom six if he's not going to produce. You put him down there, or you know, if you want to scratch him, but I don't think they're going to do that. Um, that's just. I don't think they're gonna put you know Rudie Mzohorn or, or Ryan Boyle in the lineup if this team ever does get fully healthy uh, for Chris Captain. That's just my opinion though. Um, but you know that that's what I would do with him at least. You know I, I think he needs to earn his ice time because I mean it's just it's just been a total cluster. I, I think this year for him. Um, you know, it was also unfortunate that Danton Hyman got hurt when he did. I thought he was starting to play better, though. He's also missed quite a bit of, like, half-empty nuts this year. He's cooled off a bit, too, as he has nine goals right now. Um, started off the season really good, which was great. Um, but, you know, it's, I don't think he scored in the last 10 or 11 or 12 games um, either. But, you know, hopefully whatever he's doing with right now um, is not too serious. And, of course um wes wesley Euler is going to text me as i'm recording this because he's mad that the west virginia virginia tech game is on a thursday night well wes you can wait to get my response anyways john marino has definitely been really struggling this year you know i've just i've lost count of times while he's just you know he's stunk in front of of his own net i didn't really like his game against los angeles either i thought Pederson, he was fine he's been having a good year Um, but you know, they just, the team does definitely has to figure out what's going on with Marino and they got to get him some help, um, in the net front, um, at least, but you know, that'll do it for this uh, second segment of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Coming up in the third segment, we're going to do a full game preview, uh, for the matchup against Washington on Tuesday. All right. So we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. All the shows Twitter, LO, underscore Penguins. As I just said, the Penguins, they will get the Capitals on Tuesday. This will be their third of four matchups. this you remember, um, these two teams have played twice in Washington already. The, the Capitals whooped their butts. Um, what was that? November 14th, 6-1. And then about a few weeks later, the Penguins went to Washington and whooped their butts um, 4-2. <clears> to <throat> For Washington, there will be no T.J. Oshie. So, Pierre Laviolette said on Monday morning that he is a game-time decision. Um... No, actually, no, excuse me. He is weak to weak with a lower body injury, it looks like. Um, that's a big loss just because, you know, he's always been, I think, a Penguin killer over the years. It's not like Jordan Eberle level, but it's still something where it's like, holy crap, um, you know, you always got to watch out for him. And, you know, they have that pattern and play on the power play, even though it struggled this year, where, you know, Backstrom loves to feed Oshie in the slot area. And, you know, he would always go high glove over memory or whoever was in the Penguins' net. Um, you know, that just, that's just been going on ever since Oshie was traded to Washington. So that's still a big loss. Uh, further lines though, um, Ovechkin with Kuznetsov and Wilson, what Ovechkin has done this year is nothing short of spectacular 29 goals, 58 points in 45 games. He is probably the leading contender right now for the Hart trophy and rightfully so, um, you're not going to hear me say a bad word about Alex Ovechkin unless he does something stupid on the ice. He's one of the greatest players to ever play this game. He's a top five goal scorer. Um, that's that's all that matters at the end of the day. I, I hope that Caps fans give the same courtesy and respect to Sidney Crosby, but you know, with how long I lived in the DC area, that's for most of them, that's probably never going to happen. But you know, on this podcast, um, I'll always respect Ovi. Just a great player, and I'm I'm blessed that we al- we always have gotten to see him and Sid go at it for so many years. Um, they're the two best players of this generation. That said, also great to see Nick Backstrom back. I also think he is ridiculously underrated. Probably one of the best passers in the game, and has been. Ever since he came into the league, he'll be playing with Connor Sherry and Daniel Sprong. On their third line, they'll have Lars Eller with Nick Michael. Carl Haglund nicked out and Karnett Hathaway on their fourth line. Um, That is probably one of the worst fourth lines in hockey. Um, Carl Haglund is just a shell of his former self. I feel bad that he is still on this team because um, Caps fans every night from what I see on Twitter, they are just going berserk every time he's iced. So I kind of feel bad at this point. John Carlson, obviously, always have to watch out for him. He's He is the top pairing, great offensive defenseman. Dmitri Orla with Justin Schultz on the second pairing, and then Trevor Van Reeves take on the third pairing. And then they'll the start one of Sam Sonov or Vitek Vanacek. So there's also an interesting story with the Capitals that might go on here. Elliot Friedman last week linked Marc-Andre Fleury to them, and then also said today on his 32 Thoughts podcast that it sounds like the, the Capitals are trying to make this work. Where they're gonna go get Mark Andre Fleury, but the kicker is that Mark Andre Fleury, because he was a Penguin for so long, he doesn't want to go play for Washington, just because he still has basically that hatred for them. So um, that's just that, that. I mean, you know, it's basically like you know, I don't know Ben Roethlisberger of the Steelers being, you know, that that they're so bad that the Ravens are looking to trade for him, and then you know he's just saying no, I'm not gonna go there and play. You know, for a rival that I've hated for basically my entire career. You know that that's the same thing with Flurry, um, and that's I think the main reason why um, it it seems unlikely that he would allow a trade to Washington. That said, Elliott did confirm that Washington is looking into it. They're trying to try. They're trying to get Flurry, but it looks like as of right now, um, Flurry may not approve a trade there. So um, we'll we'll always love you, MAF. But you know, if you if you do approve a trade there, then you know you you'll be on a lot of people's. Um craps list. Well, maybe not, because it would be kind of be funny if the Penguins knocked him out of the Stanley Cup playoffs, wouldn't it? Um, I I would live to see the reactions from all the Flurry fans in this, penguin, in this fan base, um, that's for sure. Um, underlying numbers-wise for Washington, though, um, if I can scroll down here on Money Puck, 51% of the expected goals this year, almost 57% of the actual goals. They have a plus 25 goal differential, 51.8% of the shot attempts as well. They have pretty good underlying numbers. It's their biggest thing is that one, they've been in a funk lately. It looks like and two, their power play has been terrible Um, going into one of their games this past weekend. Their power play was five for their last 58. And think about that. You have the greatest goal scorer of all time in his office, John Carlson, who's a pretty good power play quarterback, Nicholas Baxter, who I know he's been hurt for a good chunk of this year, but he's back and better. He's back and healthy. Um, Evgeny Kuznetsov, who's been a pretty good year as well, and usually 2J Oshie, but he's been banged up a a little bit too, but you can still throw Tom Wilson out there, and there's a lot of talent on that power play, and you're telling me going into a game this past weekend that that unit was 5 for their last 58? I mean, that is just... that's horrendous, um, to to, to, to say the least, um, I should say. So... Um, we'll have to see the Penguins. Obviously, they have one of the best penalty penalty kills in the, in the in the league. But you always have to be aware for Washington's power play. I don't care how bad it is. When you have the greatest goal scorer of all time in that unit, um, you have to defend his office. And you know they still have a good chunk of playmakers and um, players who can really shoot the puck on that unit. But this is still going to be a good game. It's a, I think it's a pretty big game for the Penguins. You know, it's a, it's a chance for them to get out of this funk that they're in. Washington is definitely going to get their attention, and rightfully so. This is a huge rivalry game, and it's also their last game before the All-Star break, so they're going to want to try to go out on a high note. Plus, if they win this game, they'll be six points up on the Capitals going into the All-Star break. If they lose in regulation, though, they'll only be two points up. And, you know, the Penguins are trying to gun for, I think, one of those top two seats in the Metropolitan Division. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one, and I will be back on Tuesday for a full game recap episode for the matchup against the Capitals. I'll talk to you all soon.